Hi, and welcome to the Two Weird Hungry Girls podcast. <laughs> I'm Phoebe. <laughs> and I'm Tracy. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> well, thank you for letting us into your space. Who are you talking to? Our listeners. Oh, good. Yes, thank you, listeners. Oh my gosh, Dan listens to this podcast, too. Do you know Thanks, that? Thanks, Dan. Does Michael listen? Hmm. Sometimes? No. Oh, he Do doesn't. believe it? I'm oh. calling him out on it now. Oh, so now <laughs> he listen, all of though. our faithful <laughs> listeners can find Michael Beaky on Facebook and, and leave ask him, him why messages. Doesn't that would be really funny? That would be funny. I might send him a message. I dare you. I dare. Really? I dare our listeners. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, I'll do that. Dan's not on Facebook, so he can't send him a Facebook He's message. So Maybe he'll just call him. I know Dan is smart. <laughs> not being on Facebook. Yeah. I don't like the burden of it. It's a time sucker. It sucks your time up. And not only can people find you by email, Mm -hmm. however many email accounts you have, because you have a business, personal, and Mm -hmm. junk email, Mm -hmm. they can call your house. Mm -hmm. People can call your cell phone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or they can can stalk you you because I stalked you earlier. Do you remember? I don't know if you noticed that I was stalking you, which means (laughs) I'm a really good stalker. What are you talking about? I'm scared. Because on Facebook, I wanted to send you a message. Uh But what I did was I was like, oh, I wonder if Phoebe's around. And I could see that you were active. So I sent you a message and said, hey. That's weird. Facebook says you're active right now. Is that why that message came through? How can I hide that? And then it said, and then, and then I, as soon as I sent that, it said Phoebe was active three minutes ago. And I was like, oh, well, it said you were active three minutes ago. Sometimes I turn the Facebook on just so the computer screen stays open. Like my Mac will shut itself down. But Facebook, because maybe it it tries to keep itself active. Creepy. I know. So it keeps the screen on, (laughs) which is, I like, but that's what I like to anyway. But people can message you. What? what were we talking about? How people can find you? Well, they don't find you, but I can look and. Oh, we're and talking about people. Michael. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, no, is that how we? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And Dan's not on Facebook, but Michael's on Facebook, he's and smart. Dan listens, and Michael doesn't. Right, and that's. I guess that's what it is. <clears throat> Never mind. <laughs> no, that's really funny. Hey, I wanted to ask you. I think um, I might have showed <laughs> this to you, but did you see this um, coloring book that you can find online called The Secret Garden? Oh, there's. I I saw somebody had. Actually, on Facebook, oh. <laughs> someone had posted something about this adult coloring book, yeah. and I and I mean grown up. I don't mean adult like with they have some of those too. Any X's behind it, mm-hmm. just like a, a coloring book for for grown ups with these beautiful, you know, line. They're just illustrations, and you can color them in. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh my god, that's the most awesome thing. And then I looked it up on Facebook or on uh, Amazon, Amazon, and it was sold out. Yeah, but you found uh kind a of postcards like a, they're, they're cards. i found the book in, ver- in a version of postcards because the books are sold out like you cannot buy them at barnes and noble wow. or amazon they're back ordered it's beautiful it's but all these they? really pretty pretty drawings mm-hmm. um secret garden by joanna johanna bassford mm-hmm. it's relaxing it's so pretty I did it last night. The cat was sitting on my lap and I couldn't move. And I just, I mean, it was really dark. I'm sure it's like watching TV. Your parents would tell you, like, don't look, don't get too close. You're going to ruin your eyes. And I thought, oh my goodness, I'm like coloring in my little coloring book. And the light is so dim. I can hear my dad's voice. Mm-hmm. You're going to ruin your eyes. You're but the colors turned eyes. out kind of pretty for coloring like late at night. And it was very relaxing because it kind of, it's like meditative. It clears yeah, your it's mind. it's very zen. You just yeah. sort of, you know. A 
it's, yeah, it's beautiful. Love I, it. If I don't plant as many flowers as I would like to this year, I'll just get my coloring book. Right. Out. You can just color them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you were just recently cleaning your, your flower bed, right? Oh yeah. Nan mm-hmm. would be so proud of our friend mm-hmm. from Chubby Pickle Farms. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, I made one. Mm-hmm. Well, I started making one. Mm-hmm. And so we've talked before about why don't I plant a garden in my front yard? And, you know, the tree stump is still there. But mm-hmm. um, besides that, we had this. We have this spot on the side of our house, um, but everything has that ground cover, that pachysandra, mm-hmm. and... Um, it was just so beautiful this weekend. And I said, would today be, and I did ask, cause I'm not, I'm not a garden person. If someone tells me what to do, I think I can swing it, <laughs> but I don't come up with this on my own. Oh. So I said to my husband, I was, you know, well, you know, Michael, who doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> and I said, is to, would today be a good day to sort of get out there and, and tear up the pack of Sandra? He said, sure. So I went out there and, um, and I, and I tore out the pack of Sandra from that from that plot and it's a good what he, he measured it i think he said it's like 10 by 18 oh that's a nice that's a nice space yeah or something like that i know what you can by fill 18. it with i'm not good with fill it with mm-hmm. some are you gonna put vegetables or are you going to be planting perennials i would like annuals? to do all of that okay do i have enough space for that i don't know i have someone who can tell you i'm so glad <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it so coincidental, really, that As you a just matter of this fact, flower garden? No, it actually is, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have Anne-Marie of Sugar Bush Nursery. If you have never been to Sugar Bush, she's on Route 10. What's the name of the city again? It's Plowville. Plowville. Okay, she's Plowville. on Route 10 An in Plowville. An unforgettable name. Yeah. I didn't even know. I thought it was just Morgantown. We just say Route 10. <laughs> yeah, Route 10. <laughs> it's on Route 10. <laughs> just past Emily's. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. About uh, maybe a mile up the hill. Yep. Going towards Morgantown. Going towards Morgantown. Yep. She's on the left. Mm-hmm. And Anne-Marie has, you haven't been yet, have you? No. I'm okay. afraid I have not. Okay. You're going to love it. When you go, Anne-Marie's, if Anne-Marie's not there, and you usually always are, your staff is so helpful and they're so friendly and they're, they know everything about all of the plants that she has. She has perennials. She has annuals. You have vegetables, seedlings. Seedlings? Yes. Yeah. And you can get fig trees and no you can way. get elderberry bushes. No way. But the whole focus about what she does is she she offers native plants, like native to, to this region, right? That's right. Pennsylvania uh-huh. native plants. Mm-hmm. Trees and shrubs and perennials. Yes. Isn't that exciting? It, that's, very, that's very cool because mm-hmm. I learned something about non-native Uh-oh. plants. Oh, what did you learn? Well, I don't know if you know this. Um, <laughs> but. I know. Oh, no. no, not okay. that part. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> not an expert. There's another, <laughs> there's an another enthusiast. Um, my girlfriend, Amy, who you think is my imaginary friend, oh, who I Amy. mention on this show mm-hmm. all the time, <laughs> or on the podcast, Amy and I are, um, we, ha- we are local celebrities. I didn't want to say. Oh my gosh. About it, but scared. We're local what? celebrities because PBS had done a show. Oh, they used to right. have a show called Explore PA. And we you know, we're chosen <laughs> to be, well, you know, anyway, we did this show and, and it was great. And, and one of the things that they took us to a wildlife preserve, uh, somewhere between here and the Lehigh Valley, somewhere in the Lehigh Valley. And there was a whole hike that they, that they took us on that showed us, um, native plants and not, and they told us about the evils of non-native plants. And 
like the butterfly bush is an evil, evil plant. I didn't know that was a non-native. It is a non-native and it is evil. I can, I can verify that. Yes. Why is it evil? It's on the invasive plant watch list. And I have a really? feeling that we've just really shocked many of your listeners. I know. I'm going to kill mine. I hope bush. so. Okay. Get yes. rid of those butterfly it. bushes. Why? So, Sorry. So ahead, being Andrew. on the invasive plant watch list means that it has the ability to escape from cultivation and seed itself around without anyone to care for it. So basically, it's not oh. a garden plant anymore. It can take over habitat that it's not. it wasn't intended to be planted in. So it's not just like your very tame little bush that you plant in your yard and it doesn't go anywhere. A butterfly bush goes places because the seeds are able to That's spread crazy. quickly and it can take over habitat from native plants. And the reason that that is scary is why native plants are actually cool. So I, w- I would have to go into that. A little bit so, in order to really explain the evils of the butterfly bush. So number one, kill so your butterfly. I, I bush. opened up a can of. Yeah, I think you there. might have. Yeah, uh huh. <laughs> it's a good can though. Ultimately, yeah. well, and I came home and my mom had a butterfly bush outside, and I said, Ooh. "You have to get rid of that thing." Mm-hmm. Good for you. Did she do it? I think so. Okay. Yes, yeah, she did. Okay, Great. good. Right. So why your mom is such a smart lady? She I is. Have, I, I have know. to say that. We I mean, butterfly her. bush and just in general. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the what? What makes it so important to consider removing non-native plants and planting native plants? Why is it so beneficial as a home gardener? Because sometimes you think you don't yeah. have an impact. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the actual truth of the situation is that home gardeners have a huge impact because not much of the land, if we just talk about Pennsylvania right now, not much of the land is protected in terms of parks and wildlife preserves. It actually makes up only 13% of the land in Pennsylvania that's protected oh, really? as you know something that people can't develop. All the rest of the land either is developed or is slated for development. Wow. So we've got 13% wild spaces in Pennsylvania with no possibility of getting more. So it's actually dependent on homeowners to try to have little patches of garden in their yards, you know, the little, the things that we steward, even if it's a quarter of an acre or a little front yard or backyard, Mm -hmm. those are important corridors for wildlife um, because there aren't these huge spaces any longer where there's tons and tons of native plants all over the place. So it's actually really important that we do it. So the reason that it's important, thank you, Phoebe, for asking. The reason (laughs) that it's important is because If we think about all of us as humans and all of us as animals, we are all dependent on, in some way, on plants for our survival. Because plants, as we know, are the only thing living in the world that can convert the energy of the sun into food energy Mm -hmm. in the form of their own bodies. Nothing else can do that. We can't just sit in the sun and make food for ourselves. We have to eat plants that have captured that sun's energy and have turned it into green energy the chlorophyll and all the things Mm -hmm. that that make a plant edible. So you would think that we're surrounded by green stuff all over the place and that everything should be edible to every animal, but in fact, it's not. You know, we can't eat grass as humans, Mm -hmm. but we can eat cows Mm -hmm. that can eat grass. Mm -hmm. So there are certain animals that can kind of translate the um, food energy that's in a plant up the food chain to the various animals that will ultimately benefit from that. So we're we're eating the energy that's in grass, but we only eat it when we eat a cow, 
for example, you know, mm-hmm. just one example. Mm-hmm. So the reason that native plants are so interesting is because there are many insects that are only oh. able to recognize as food the leaves of plants that they have co-evolved with. So think of evolution as like a very long process taking place over hundreds of thousands of years, millions of years. Very specific insects have very specific relationships with plants, and it all has to do with the chemical composition of the leaves. So I'm I'm just going to make this much more simple. Because everyone's heads are about to My explode head here. Not. No, but it's but I could listen to you talk about this forever. <laughs> well, this is mm-hmm. a three-hour broadcast, right? Yeah, right. Uh, right. I almost <laughs> it is need now. To do that. Okay. Yeah. Let's okay. do that. Okay. okay, I'm kidding. <laughs> but um, here's an example that everybody knows about, but it's really good to illustrate this point. So, have you guys all heard about the monarch butterflies? Yes. Yes. And how we are seeing fewer yes. of them, and they're in danger. Mm-hmm. So, why are they in danger? There's a couple of different reasons. Do you guys know what the reasons are? Because Butterfly bushes? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, honestly, I'm going to guess that people aren't, I, I, I guess that they're, they're, they're natural bugs. source of stuff. Or, or is other it other bugs? bugs? <gasps> it's bugs that come to eat the Our non-native Japanese, things. Are they okay. eating their babies? It's the stink you bugs. You guys are on Stink bugs are eating okay, their no, babies. No, no. Bugs now you're cold. Eating. Now oh, you're cold oh, again. Okay, okay no. no you were warm for a little bugs. while there. Okay, so we're going to go back to the bugs, though, and okay. go back to the plants. So monarch butterflies are only able to lay their eggs on a certain kind of plant. Right. Milkweed. Milkweed. You got it. Tracy, oh you hit the jackpot. Wow. I get a gold star for that. You Actually, I think I See, I, think I think you I are a gardener. That. No, I'm yeah, not. I think you really are. Yeah. You're a closet gardener. Yeah. Okay, it's so it's milkweeds. You are absolutely right. Milkweed. So monarch butterflies will only recognize the leaves of a milkweed Uh-oh. as food. So they cannot land on a butterfly bush, for example, and or any other uh, other kind of plant, and they cannot lay their eggs on that plant because if they lay their eggs on it and those eggs hatch out into little monarch caterpillars, those caterpillars will not be able to eat the leaves, and they need to eat leaves in order to grow and to develop into the next generation of the monarch butterfly. That's, so that's if we so don't crazy. have milkweed, like we will not have monarchs. Exactly. They're like made for each other. The, they are. Yeah. They were like created for each other. It's a symbiotic those, they, Yeah, how about that? Yeah. And... That is actually not particular just to the monarch. So think of every other insect out there, caterpillars, um, all sorts of other insects that are the food for other animals up the food chain. Um, All of those insects, too, more than 90% of them are not generalists, so they can't just land on any old leaf and start eating it. Mm -hmm. They have to land on a leaf of their food, Mm -hmm. and their food is usually a native plant, if it's a native insect. And most of the insects that we we have here and that we want to have here are native insects. They're good. They're all in balance with each other. Mm -hmm. It's not the stink bug, which is non-native. It's not the Japanese beetle, which is also, as the name implies, not native. These are all bugs and insects that are in sync with each other, but they need their food source in order to be here. Mm-hmm. And they need to, the insects need to be here because they in turn are the food for other things. Like birds. Like birds. Oh my gosh, Tracy, you are just, you are anticipating me with every single thing that I'm saying. This I is don't amazing. Mean to. No, no just, I think that's I great. It's, it's fascinating. No, isn't it? And I'm wondering where we can go from birds. What's next? Well, I mean, so many people are interested in birds. Oh, the cats? Yes, exactly. I think I just fell off the track there. (laughs) Okay, No, it's it's really true because there's a lot of things that eat birds, and some of them are unpleasant to think about. But, Mm -hmm. you know, 
even hawks are eating other birds. Mm-hmm. But basically birds, the bird populations, populations of birds are completely constrained by how many insects are in the landscape. Mm. So birds will not actually be able to reproduce. They won't reproduce unless there's enough food for them to feed oh. their babies. And they do not feed their babies bird food from a bird feeder. Yeah. They do not feed their babies berries from your mature shrubs. Oh, they mm-hmm. feed them insects. What happens if you have insects um, that are in ground that's treated? Like a lot of people will treat their mm. lawns with pesticides. Does that have an effect on Absolutely. All of that is passed up, passed up the food chain. I mean, whenever... You, you have a bird that is eating something that has just eaten a leaf that has herbicide mm-hmm. or pesticide on it, you absolutely pass it up. Mm-hmm. So I, it's really important to not only incorporate more native plants into the landscape, but also to really manage everything orga- as organically as possible. Okay. Or if you feel that the real need to use a chemical at some point, to really only use it in a very targeted mm-hmm. place and in a, in a very knowledgeable way, you know, knowing exactly what you're trying to treat, not just pulling something off the shelf and saying, oh, this looks good. It, right. it might kill this bug that I have here. If you don't even know what bug you're trying to kill and you don't know its life cycle, you might not be applying the right chemical. You might not be applying it at the right time in the mm-hmm. insect's life cycle. And therefore, you're just putting a whole bunch of chemicals out there, which absolutely will will go right up the food chain. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you think of, I think if you're, what, 10 by 18 foot space, yeah. and you hear this information, yeah. and you think, my 10 by 18 foot space can have such an impact on the bug community, <laughs> or even the bird community, what kind of advice do you give, Anne-Marie, to a home gardener? Like, do you say, here are four things that you should do that you should remove from your garden now. And here are four things that you should replace it with. Like, how do you keep Mm -hmm. it simple? Because this can be completely overwhelming. Well, Tracy was also previously talking about a Pachysandra bed. So we could go right back to your Pachysandra oh. bed. So Did I just do something no, this, bad? Oh. No, you're doing okay, something good, good because you're talking <laughs> about ripping the out the Pachysandra. No, you didn't. <laughs> because what you have planted is Japanese Pachysandra. And I can say this with absolute certainty because the American version of Pachysandra is not aggressive and it does not form a kind of dense ground cover like your Pachysandra does. So you have a Japanese Pachysandra, very common ground cover. But as far as we know, it doesn't have very many beneficial associations with insects or other things that depend on it. So it's kind of just like a green carpet, but it's actually not doing double duty, which it could if it was an if you had a native ground cover in ground cover in place of that Japanese pachysandra, you could have the same effect of holding the soil and Mm -hmm. um, keeping the weeds down, but you would also have an impact for all of the insects that could be supported by it. Not that the thing would be crawling with insects, but you know, you're, you're going to have it be used. It'll be used. um, And then it'll be supporting butterflies and insects and caterpillars and birds and all sorts of things. So you could simply, the first thing that you could do is simply start by identifying what is Mm non-native and even better yet, what is invasive in your landscape and get rid of that first. Mm-hmm. How so that's do one that? thing to do. Well, if you don't exactly know what you have in your yard, the first thing to do is find out what you have in your yard. Mm-hmm. So you can do that by looking at guides, mm-hmm. um, asking a good friend who's a gardener to come out and just tell you. Um, there's a good resource page on the Sugarbush Nursery website where oh, we good. are listing mm-hmm. different 
resources basically where you can try to figure out what kind of plants do you have are they on the invasive plant list in pennsylvania because there is actually a list you can cross-reference it all sorts of things that people commonly plant are on that list including butterfly bush Mm -hmm. including vinca which is also called periwinkle english ivy is there Mm -hmm. um yeah there's uh, burning bushes there. You know, there's all sorts of things that are there that oh, are wow. really oh, common. I like that plants. one, but I guess oh, I'm yeah. not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Barberry. These are all things that are really common in the landscape and nursery trade. I personally feel like they should be illegal. That, mm-hmm. will, that might be one of my campaigns in my later years. I yeah. have more time. <laughs> but um, those things are just, they have the potential to get out into the natural environment. And they're so aggressive that they displace native plants. And as we've just... Mm-hmm. discussed that can be very detrimental mm-hmm. to to everything around it like my mom lives in flying hills and i tried to take a walk one time in the woods there completely the understory is completely invaded by barberry there are no spring ephemeral wildflowers there there are no ferns and bloodroot and spring beauty all the things that you would expect in a pennsylvania woodlands mm-hmm. is not there because mm-hmm. the barberry has escaped from all the places that it's been planted around, the birds have taken the seeds because mm-hmm. the birds do eat the seeds. Right. And they distribute them as they do. <laughs> and it's completely displaced everything else that was there. So what is there for the insects to eat if they're oh not eating goodness. the barberry? So it's it's a problem. So your 10 by 18 foot plot is like, it's a clean palette <laughs> for you <laughs> and waiting for you to fill it with, of course, you could fill it with vegetables, but you could also throw in a few native plants and it would yeah. be... Any amount that you put in would be beneficial. Mm-hmm. Is forsythia native? It is not. Oh, oh. no. And I believe it's I also so either invasive that would make or Dan on the watch happy. list, too. He would too. like to it's... get rid of those. Yeah, I know. Okay, well, we can take care of that. I was kind of thinking you were going to say, yes, of course, forsythia no, is native. No, it is not. And I'm going to guess bamboo is not. Oh, definitely Oh, my gosh, definitely that's awful, not. right? Mm-hmm. That, do- that walks, doesn't it? Do they call it walking oh, yeah. bamboo? I don't know. Or running. Running. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's pretty fast and it's hard to get rid of. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the favorite things that you like to put in a garden? Like what are some of your favorite perennials that'll come back and a perennial comes back? Mm-hmm. A perennial comes, comes back, back every, every year. year. Mm-hmm. Yes. My very favorite perennial that I will tell you all about is mountain mint, which has an awesome Latin name. It's Pycnanthemum muticum. Isn't that a cool name? I love these Latin names. Pycnanthemum muticum. And it's called mountain mint. Mm -hmm. And it's not a culinary mint, so you can't use it to make mint tea and things like that. But it gets about three feet tall, and it's a pretty aggressive spreader but it's not considered invasive because it is a native plant so if it's if it's just uh really fast growing and it's native it's called aggressive so this is an aggressive spreader like a bee balm but it gets a Mm -hmm. silvery bract at the very top of it which gives the whole plant like a very silvery cast it's gorgeous Mm -hmm. and the thing that makes this so awesome is all of the different insects and pollinators that will come to the flowers when they're open it is just like watching a fascinating fascinating show to just sit there in front of your mountain mint plant you could sit there for hours and you know not see the same insect twice wow native bees and wasps and honeybees and all sorts of little native pollinators are all attracted to the flowers of this plant i don't really know why but it's fascinating to see and it makes a great addition to um to a garden because it supports all of the pollinators which are out there which is a whole separate topic are the blossoms but, scented like sometimes you can like on no, a warm summer day you can catch the scent well of... the leaves are very strongly scented mm-hmm. so the scent is very strong of it's like a very strong spearmint okay yeah so it's great for an aromatic garden okay. or to plant close by where the you're window. walking yeah 
Yeah. Of course, if you don't like bees, that would not be oh. the thing to plant right by your door. <laughs> That's but true, I guess. It's fascinating. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, there's so many other great ones, mm-hmm. too. I mean, purple coneflower is not a Pennsylvania native, but it's native to a lot of the eastern United States. Mm-hmm. And that is a it's a beautiful plant. Mm-hmm. And it provides food for birds also directly because they're eating the seeds in the in the late fall and in the wintertime. I find my birds are like, must be snobs because they I leave all of the like the, the dead buds. Yeah. And they never come and eat them. When you're watching. Oh, no, when I go to trim them in the spring, like they're still. They're still there. <laughs> there. Okay. I think, I don't know what they're waiting the for. They, they want the bird feeder. Okay. <laughs> Purple um, coneflower then. Purple coneflower. Okay. How about um, a, um, do you have like a pretty like ground cover that blooms or blossoms? Mm-hmm. Like a, a cascade of something that you can put on near stone or a walkway? Yeah. Oh, there's so many of those pretty ones. So there's really pretty ground cover phloxes. So some people oh, know yeah. about phlox being a really tall plant, mm-hmm. but there are also ground cover phloxes. And one of them grows in the shade and one of them grows in the sun. Good to Two know. different species of phlox. Mm-hmm. Well, three if you count the tall one. But basically, there's a phlox for any landscape. So, and those will creep or spill over rock walls. Um, mm-hmm. One of them is called moss pinks, and one of them is just called creeping phlox. So, those are really pretty. And then there's also a native sedum. And a lot of people think of sedum as like a um, a plant of the desert or something like that. But our Pennsylvania native sedum has a white flower, and it's a woodland plant, so it grows in the shade. And it's beautiful. It reseeds itself, but it's got the same kind of, I don't know if you guys are familiar with sedum. It mm-hmm. kind of looks like a, a bit of a succulent, succulent leaf. Yes. yes. It looks mm-hmm. like a little succulent. Yeah. You are such a gardener. She you is. just haven't realized it yet, Tracy. <laughs> no, I only know that because my husband is the gardener and okay. he has planted things. Uh, like there was a sedum plant that, I mean, I would never know what that is except yeah. that, and it was beautiful. It's very lovely. And, and I, you know, when, as soon as you said it, I can't yeah. believe if he were listening to this, he would maybe feel proud of me that I remember <laughs> that the sedum is the one with that, you know, kind yeah. of um, mm-hmm. yeah. succulent, succulent leaf. type leaf. Yeah, yeah. So there's one species of sedum that is native here, and it's different from the one that most people plant, but it would be cool if that's the one that you have. His but is this yellow. One has a, okay. his, his would bloom yellow. Okay. So that's a different one. But you can find the native sedum, and it's white, and it's mm-hmm. very, very pretty. So there's those ground covers, mm-hmm. and then, of course, there's, you mentioned earlier, um, elderberry. Oh, the elderberry. And there are so many shrubs and trees that are just wonderful additions into a landscape. So my very favorite one, possibly, of a small tree is serviceberry. You guys okay. know about serviceberries? No. Mm-hmm. So this is one, actually, that's blooming right now. It starts okay. blooming before the leaves come out. It has a white bloom, and the bloom is only, maybe it lasts for one or two weeks, so it's pretty short. Um, And then it gets this amazing fall color. But in the middle of the summer, it produces berries that are, they look like the size and shape of a blueberry, but they taste like a a cross between a blueberry and a strawberry. Phoebe, you would would love this. And you could make all sorts of cool stuff with this. Service berry. Service berry. But it's so ornamental too. So some people plant it or have it planted and do not realize that it's completely edible and delicious. Do the birds because come for it too? The birds absolutely oh. come for it, yeah. Okay, so, so you, have you, have to, you have to save some for the birds and okay. some for yourself. <laughs> and the, it's hard to by. net because it'll eventually get 15 to 20 to sometimes 25 feet tall. Depending oh, that's on, perfect. Yeah, that's but it's great kind of for a good, like a hedge. Yeah, it's good for a hedge. Okay, it's good. good for a small front yard because mm-hmm. it's you know not as huge as like an ash tree or something like that. So it's great if you have a small front yard and you just want a small flowering tree. 
Hmm. And that one gives you fruit. Plus, it's it's beautiful in three seasons, so it, you really can't go wrong. So you should replace the burning bush with the service berry. The burning bush is not going to get quite as tall as the service berry, but you have the right idea. Okay. Yes. You could replace a burning bush with a blueberry, though. A blueberry is, is going to be about the same mm-hmm. size, okay. ultimately, as a burning bush. Oh, Dan's and not blueberries be happy are about native this. plants, too. <laughs> he loves I burning love, bushes? Well, no, because I, I thought I love the burning bush. So that's why we bought oh. it and I planted it. But oh, okay. he'll understand. <laughs> You'll understand after hearing this podcast. No, no. Oh. Why don't you just chop that thing down and then just make sure you park your car in right? a safe place. Yeah. <laughs> so, Anne-Marie, when does, what are the hours of the shop? Because now I'm thinking I'm starting a list. I don't know if you're starting a list of That's things what that you I, want. Yes, I just made a little note to myself. When, how, how often is the shop open? Are you open during the week? Do you have spring hours, summer hours? What's we the do. scoop with Sugarbush? It's nursery? very complex. And the reason... Um, I can't even quite remember, so it's all on our website. <laughs> okay, because it is... changes monthly. The okay. hours change monthly. So right now in April and May, the hours we have a lot of hours. They're mm-hmm. Wednesday through Saturday, nine to five, and Sunday eleven to four, and those will be that'll be for April and May. But then okay. we scale back in the summertime, mm-hmm. and then we ramp back up again in the fall. Okay, that makes sense. So it kind of we scale it to the times of year that's best to plant and that people really want to be out in their garden. Okay, okay. and um, what is the website address? It is sugarbushnursery.com. Okay. Excellent. And you're doing events all season, right? You just started with B&H Organic. Erica yep. was just out recently, and she did a class on... She did a class specific. and a workshop mm-hmm. on vegetables that grow in all three seasons. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> I remember seeing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guess I missed that. Yeah. It was neat. She planted a raised bed and showed people the kinds of vegetables that you can plant with really good success, spring, summer, and fall, because, of course, there are some vegetables that only like one of those seasons. Mm-hmm. So she was talking about the vegetables that like all three seasons. So it's kind mm-hmm. of a fail-proof, foolproof garden. Mm-hmm. That was our first one. And then we have a whole bunch of other ones, including Phoebe. Yeah, you're going to be out. out on July 11th at 11 a.m. You're going to be talking about smoothies, smoothies yeah. like green drinks, fruit fun. smoothies. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to use herbs and veggies yeah. and fruits and all sorts of cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm yeah. been, I've yeah. been playing with recipes. So that'll be fun for July. For July. And mm-hmm. then I have with me my little reference here so I can tell you we have, um, yeah, there's about a dozen that are scheduled. So we have a spring weed walk at the end of May where an herbalist, Susan Hess, is going to be taking us all around the Sugarbush property and is going to be pointing out all the things that we might think of as weeds that are actually oh, useful cool. medicinally uh-huh. or and have some kind of culinary use mm-hmm. or something like that. And we're then doing a really cool event on June 6th, which is the first ever of its kind. It's called Explore Your Roots, 25 Miles of Sustainable Farms and Food. Kind of a mouthful, but we needed to make it that long because it is such a cool event. It is modeled after the Route 10 organic nursery tour that we used to do that you guys might have have heard heard of of it every now and then. That was such a, a neat thing, but there were only three of us on it. So we just decided to go big this year, and we invited a lot of different nurseries, farms, oh. food producers in Berks County um, to be part of this tour. Um, so June it's cool. June 6th, 9 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Oh, and there uh-huh. are going to be full details coming soon on our website, but that it'll just like be fun. a self-guided tour. People mm-hmm. can go around, and there's going to be demonstrations and talks at all these different places Very cool. all throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And we're also doing talks and guided tours of native plant meadows Mm -hmm. and lacto-fermented vegetable pickles coming in July. 
Ooh. Carlo from Sugarbush is going to be talking about planting his own garden, um, converting some non-native plants to native plants, still keeping a really high level of aesthetic value. And yeah, there's there's just wow. going to be yeah. something for everyone, I hope. Excellent. So you have a newsletter as well, right? So you, how do people An stay e-newsletter. in touch? You can check the website. You have a Facebook page mm-hmm. and there's a newsletter. Yes. Okay. Because you don't want to miss these classes. No. If you're free and usually yeah. the weather is always nice. That's what it seems like anyway yeah. for your we classes. We put that on the calendar, yeah. 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 And, if it's, and if it's out, yes, yeah, she does. If it's an outdoor class, sometimes you move it in, right? Yeah. Just in case. So uh-huh. if you see like it's cloudy, that doesn't mean the Still event's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You should drive True. out. It's one of my favorite places, and I have no idea how I stumbled on you years ago, but you really have to take, take the time and drive out. It's not that far. Yeah. It's just down Route 10. What else can you do out that way? Weaver's Orchard is really close to us, so a yeah. lot of people will pass us regularly when they yeah. go to Weaver's Orchard, which is a pick-your-own place. Yeah. So we're about a quarter of a mile up the road from them, so that's... Make a day of it. You can yeah. definitely make a day of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can go see the goats at Weaver's mm-hmm. and stop at Sugar Bish for your plants, especially the, the things for your gardens, the... Um, the seedlings. Yes. So there's the, organic yes. vegetable transplants. So Erica Bowers Livdansky from B&H Organic Produce in Morgantown is the grower for all of our organic vegetable plants. Yes. Mm-hmm. So people are coming from insane distances to get these plants. I really? just have to tell you, there are not many nurseries that have organic vegetable transplants for sale. I have no idea why, but huh. people coming from a long distance and wow, we are able to... Um, be that resource for people. Mm-hmm. So we have organic herbs, we have organic vegetables, and everything in our shop, which, as you know, Phoebe, is just, it's a barn on our property that we've it's just really kind of cute. outfitted. It's a cute little barn. Mm-hmm. There's a chicken coop down below. Um, it's all organic vegetable, or sorry, organic fertilizers, pest control, weed control. We have mm-hmm. bagged composts. But you can't wait long. Yeah. You can't wait long for the uh, seedlings, the That's vegetable true. seedlings. They sell out fast. Especially the heirloom tomatoes. Yeah. You yeah. don't want to really, I'm not kidding, you don't want to wait long. You want to go. I've gotten heirloom yeah. tomatoes from Erica's mm-hmm. place okay. from uh, Happy Cat Farm. Oh, yeah, Happy okay. Cat. Mm-hmm. They were the best tomatoes ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're yeah. really good. Yeah. So head out there and herbs. Is not sacrificed with heirloom tomatoes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and herbs, organic herbs. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So That's don't true. wait too long. Okay. If you I want won't. first dibs, I'll go there. Yeah. Yeah, the tomatoes and all the warm season vegetables are coming this weekend. They're oh, coming really? this Saturday. Okay, yeah, I'm going to get there Friday. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and you camp out. You're going to camp yeah. out. <laughs> I tied up. Yeah. Ooh, oh my goodness. Okay. You are a stalker, aren't you? <laughs> she is scary. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now In she knows where you live. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure to visit the sugarbushnursery.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and find them on Facebook, like we mentioned, if you're on Facebook or get on their newsletter list. Mm-hmm. Make sure you head out there for your um, seedlings. If you want to put vegetables in, if you have questions about gardening, all of the staff is very friendly and knowledgeable. And you can find your perennials, seasonal or annuals, like flowering and everything else that you mentioned. You can find it there. Fantastic. You'll love it. I promise. I know I will. I don't steer people wrong Never. unless I don't like them. Oh. And then I... I don't, no, I don't lie to people. Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, maybe I do. Anyway, you'll love Sugar Bush. <laughs> I already do. It's awesome. Yeah. Can't so wait. thank you so much for joining oh. us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you This was a lot so of information. I think we should have her back. And we, there are so many other topics we can talk about. Oh my about. God, yeah. I'm sure if we said like bees, she would go nuts. I really was going to, I was going to ask. You didn't want to go I there? But I thought, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, n- only because I know we, you know. There's got to be so yeah. much. And I love your description of how all of that works. 
It's all related to the soulmate. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me and for letting me talk about this. This is one of my favorite subjects, as you can tell. (laughs) It's so much fun. So yeah, thanks for tuning in and uh, make sure to find me at phoebespurefood.com for recipes, destinations, and other food tasty things. And thanks again, Tracy and Anne-Marie. Thanks. Bye. 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 (laughs)